Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You're welcome. How are you? Are you well? I'm fine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, that did, nobody wants to know who I am no, or how I am. Of course, nobody wants nobody wants to listen to this in general. Um, they, recently, I've uh, I think thanks to our holiday. Uh, draft extravaganza sure. featuring Linda Holmes, Brandon McCarthy, Mike Desenzo, uh, <clears throat> you, me. Who, who did I miss? Did I miss somebody? That was it, right? Oh, only the Yankee guy. <laughs> oh, Zebenwall. <laughs> I blocked him out. That's what happens. That's what happens when you talk about nothing but the Yankees for uh, for the, the two straight podcasts. Is I block you out. You're my mind. My like fight or flight instinct kicks in and I just erase you from my memory. So Alan Seppenwald. So those six people, we did this big holiday extravaganza and somehow or another, and I don't quite understand how this is possible. I feel like anecdotally, the number of people who have told me or have contacted me to tell me that they have listened to this podcast, it has increased exponentially. Have you had the same experience? Yeah. I, I have. I have. I actually felt it kick in uh, the week before when we had Brandon McCarthy on to do the We Are the World draft. Interesting. Uh, I'm still getting – I and I tell these people, stop. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> we, couldn't, but, we couldn't be more clear about what we want, <laughs> which is for you to not listen for your own health and but, safety. It really – I don't know what else to say. We're trying to prevent you from being – from having a bad experience. <laughs> But they won't listen to us. So, I mean, there's nothing we can do. But yes, I have noticed. I have noticed that. I've also noticed, uh, and and I should just uh, make this this point uh, right here off the top. In in last week's podcast, you might remember this. I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, I sort of made fun of uh, Kevin Can Wait, the television show. Yes. Kevin Can Wait. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel like I made fun of of um, the show itself because I've never seen the show. But I basically said that that because of the commercials uh, that I really, really don't like that show because it's the one show that I've seen a thousand commercials and I have no idea what the show's about. Right. So because of that, I, I don't like the show. Um, even that you can't say on the podcast because I heard <laughs> from a delightful, a, a very, very fine uh, man from what I can tell from the email, a writer of um, the show, uh, Avin Das. Avin, Avin, Avin Das. I don't, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce it. Avin, uh, A-V-I-N, who sent me just a super kind email. It was not in any way. He was, he was super kind, invited me and my mother, who I mentioned on the show uh, last week, was is a, is a watcher of Kevin Kuwait, a big fan of Kevin Kuwait, invited us to come and see them, invited like to, to send some Kevin Kuwait swag to my mom. Um, just couldn't have been kinder, and 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 I. The only thing I can think is that that if you listen to this show, you are either incredibly nice because why else would you listen to the show, or you realize we're idiots and there's you can't get offended by what we say because everything we say is stupid. It's possible that it's both things, right? Right, yeah, they, I would agree. It's, yeah. it's probable. Probable. People, people are nice, and also they realize that they shouldn't get offended at anything we say because why? Because what's the point of that? <laughs> because the source of the comment is such a it's such an unreliable narrator that it's it's not even worth it. I uh, that would I will say that that um 
and I, I don't think you actually made fun of the show. If I remember correctly, it was more you were just saying, like, I've seen a million ads for this. I've never seen it. That's right. However, uh, I would it is like a nice thing to have happen to like someone reaches out and instead of saying, like, how dare you? Uh, you're a Nazi, which is usually what happens on the internet. <laughs> how, how dare you is closely followed by you're a Nazi, you're a Nazi regardless right? of, by the way, which, which side is making the argument. Um, it's just nice. It's a nice story that someone reached out to you in a kind, open-hearted way and said, let's, I would love to, you know, make your acquaintance. What a nice little, what a nice like PS from that uh, last podcast. I could not agree more. I, I, it was very, very touching to me. I mean, and, and I must admit that I've heard from from quite a few people who listen to this this podcast and are offended by something we say, and they're almost always I've I've not gotten really a a, a nasty response. I mean, they're, they're almost always they they say we're idiots, right? They say you don't know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or they say that I'm a moron who says literally too much or whatever. But they say it so kindly. They're like, love you guys. Really doing this, we're doing this to help you. Is, is why yeah. we're giving you this this, this information. And uh, you know what? That's yeah, I, I. What are you going to say? I mean, th- these are good people. These are good people who are listening to this show. This, you know what? I. This is what I'm going to say. Let's dedicate this episode of the podcast <laughs> to our listeners. Hey, listeners, this is for you. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. All right. Uh, we, we've got, we got our draft coming up. It's just as stupid as always, but there are a couple of things I want, I want to do. And the first thing I want to do is, first of all, is have a sort of last Cleveland Browns update. Let's check in on the Cleveland Browns. How are they doing? We said last week's was the last, but something happened today that, that I'd like to, that I'd like to comment on, and I'd like to actually hear your thoughts on this. Uh, I went today, just just before uh, doing this. This is on Thursday, uh, January whatever eleventh, and I went to get my haircut. And my me getting a haircut is is as you would imagine, having met me and, and know me. Um, it's like a five minute thing, right? I mean, it's just basically like you know, there's there's not a lot higher there. Just just sort of fix whatever's up there, kind of thing. So I go to get my haircut pretty much anywhere. And so there's a place around uh, the corner from me. It's just a little uh, sports clips. It's just a little, you know, they, they, they play sports on, on television and then they cut your hair. And that's basically it. And very nice over there. And I went over there and uh, I was a new uh, woman was, was cutting my hair. And she was incredibly nice, but she was also very, very talkative, which I don't particularly like when I'm getting my hair cut. I just want to... I want, I don't want any comments. So they're like, oh, well, what do you want me to do here? And just do whatever you feel. Right. I mean, there's, there's not a lot uh, you can do really for me. So uh, she was, she was asking me lots and lots of questions and she found out I was a sports writer and she said, well, I don't really like sports, but I, I'm a little bit into football. I like a, a little bit of football. I'm like, oh, that's cool. She's like, yeah, I like the Panthers. And uh, she said, but I probably can't name more than like, Luke Keekley and Cam Newton. Like she knows like five people on the Panthers. Okay. So she just she just likes them, right? She just, you know, she's a total she's she just likes go watching the games on TV. She doesn't really pay much attention. She doesn't care about football. She doesn't care about the NFL. Just something fun to do on Sundays. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And she said, Are you a Panthers fan? And I said, eh, you know, yeah. I mean, I I they're fine. And she said, Oh, but they're not your favorite team. And I said, No. And she said, Well, who is your favorite team? And I said, well, I grew up in Cleveland. And she says immediately 
without any prompting. Oh, the Browns, how did they not fire that coach? Like, that's literally <laughs> the thing she said. Wow. <laughs> Instantly. Insta, she knows nothing about football by her own by her own description of herself. A, a self-proclaimed <laughs> non-football exactly. fan. Heard I was from Cleveland didn't even allow me to say that, like, oh, I care about the Browns or don't. I just said, well, I'm from Cleveland. And she said, how could the Browns not fire their coach? So this is – I think this is crossed over. I think the Cleveland Browns are not just the laughing stock of the NFL. I think they're the laughing stock of America. That's what I think at this point. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I mean, that is a bummer of a story because because you're what you're saying is that like there are certain um, you know cultural touchstones that sort of cross over from the genre whence they came into the sort of greater consciousness, right? Like there's like it's you know the, um, certain like moments of success or failure that then become references of, right. of success or failure right. through, not just in that realm not just in the realm of sports or fashion or or musicals or whatever but are just like the now it's like you just that's what you say when you mean failure or success or <laughs> happiness or sadness or embarrassment or whatever and that story would indicate to me that the browns are basically becoming that thing i remember yeah. when i when i was a kid and yeah. i used to watch uh late night tv uh, you know, like a like you know the Tonight Show or or Letterman or whatever. Right, you could sort of tell what those things were by by the jokes that you know Johnny Carson. If you go way back, right, Johnny Carson or Letterman or Leno or Conan or any of those guys would make if they if they referenced something in sports. You know, they're trying to reach the entire country. They're they're trying to have the national conversation. That was the actual like explicit goal of the Tonight Show when it first existed in 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 you know back in the 50s or whatever it was uh right. the idea was that the today show is the first thing you tell people in the morning when they first wake up what they should be thinking about today and then at night you you review the day's events with the country so the those the 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 mandate of the late night comedy world is really to be as wide to cast as wide a net as you as you can cast and so if you saw a reference to like the new york jets failures or whatever <laughs> it was the dallas cowboys you know, you you knew like they've that team, that thing has crossed over into the public consciousness in like a sort of meaningful way. And I feel like you could it's a similar kind of whatever you want to call it, a litmus test here to say that a non-sports fan, you know, hairstylist in Charlotte, right. Carolina <laughs> is like very attuned to the to the depth of the failure of your franchise. That means your franchise is bigger your failures are bigger than sports failures your failures are now cultural failures no that's right well because if she had said to me like oh they didn't win a game this year that wouldn't have been the same thing right because that would have been you know like yeah okay you probably heard about that but immediately to go for them not firing the coach like immediately to go for that is it's exactly right it's funny i was reading a story i guess it was in the new york times uh, about Tanya Harding, you know, there's the new, uh, I don't know how new it is now, but the I, Tanya movie's out about Tanya right. Harding. And I'd kind of forgotten, I didn't forget that it was a big deal, but I'd kind of forgotten that for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, she was, there would always be at least one joke of her, uh, about her on every late night show. Everyone, like every, every single one. one, yeah. Right, for like weeks, not not even for like a couple of days leading up to the Olympics or whatever, but for like several weeks Tanya Harding was so she was she was the essence of what was happening like in in that in the culture which is yeah. 
just crazy. If you think about it, there are very, very few sports things that become that big, no matter how big we think they are inside of sports. They very, very rarely cross over into that world, right? And you probably felt that honestly when you were when you were writing for Saturday Night Live, right? There was probably only like you had to you had to achieve it, even as a huge sports fan yourself. Sports had to achieve an extraordinary level. A story had to reach an extraordinary level for you to to be able to use it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you know, there's a difference also between like there, there were sometimes we would have a host who was a sports figure, and uh, yeah it wasn't always just the number one guy like Jeter hosted, you know, at a time when like his, I mean, his fame was obviously sort of at its peak, but he hadn't done anything specifically that, that said like, Oh, right now is the time Jeter has to host Nancy Kerrigan hosted after the Tanya Hardy (laughs) thing. I was before my time. Yeah. She's like, but that's how big that was as like a figure skater hosted the show and she hadn't because of what had happened she hadn't been in the olympics or whatever she had it was just like that was that event made her put her in the spotlight to the point where she could host the show uh it's it's pretty rare you know like michael phelps hosted and that was like the you have that was a a good example like michael phelps's celebrity obviously transcended sports he became yes he became the most famous athlete in the world for that year that when the and the you know, he when you stay when you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated with whatever it was, nine gold Eight medals, gold medals. Like, yeah. <laughs> then you then okay. Yeah, that's that's a moment where you're crossing over sort of into the wider culture. And it's very rare that um that anyone or any team crosses over for reasons of failure. That's why the Browns thing is remarkable, is because most almost always when that happens, it's because of great success. It's not because of misery or, or incompetent. <laughs> It is. It is amazing. It is. It is a. Uh, it's a. It's a marvelous feat. Great Browns. <laughs> great. Great final Browns update. By the way, I guess this is sort of technically the first Browns update of 2018, right? It's not oh, 2018, really the, but yeah. but we're going to take a long break before we before we pick up the Browns updates. <laughs> great. Okay. Here's here's the thing that that is fun. Okay, so we're we're going to do this draft in a few minutes, but I want to spring something on you. I, I kind of gave you a little bit of a warning. I there was even. I even foreshadowed this a little bit in the emails uh, that I sent you the last couple of days, uh, or texts I sent you the last clear, couple of days. You only warned me that something was coming. I, I have no idea what this is at all. No, I know. But when I tell you what it is, you'll realize that I did, for you specifically, foreshadow it a little bit. Okay. He, here's here's the thing. Um, I've got a very – and I don't know why this feeling came came on recently – but, you know, baseball season is approaching very quickly, which is exciting. And it's been kind of a weird offseason. There, there's been no – there's been very, very little movement. After the whole Mike Stanton thing blew up, uh, none of the really big free agents have signed. They're still all out there. Every team seems to be very uh, timid about what they're doing. In fact, I think it's very bizarre. Have you heard anything about Lorenzo Cain? I mean, anything. Have you heard even a team connected to him or anything of that sort? I haven't heard anything about Cain. I haven't heard, I haven't been looking to her, but I haven't heard anything about Arietta. Have you heard it? That's crazy. We know about Jake. Jake Arietta is a pretty famous baseball player. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and now it's crazy. I mean, in the old days, and by that I mean like 10 years ago, everybody was signed before Christmas. Like, it was rare that there was a, 
a big, I mean, you know, Boris would hold somebody out until January. He'd hold out like, you know, Maglio Ardonias or someone until January. <laughs> right, but, right. but basically, uh, it was everybody was wrapped up. I mean, the Red Sox met with Schilling over Thanksgiving. And had him pretty much wrapped up in early December, like, a, and now we're we're deep into we're in the middle of January, and almost every big free agent is still just milling around out there. It's amazing. It's crazy, and like I said, there are not even many rumors. You know, there have been a lot of rumors about Eric Hosmer. Uh, you know, the the whole Red Sox JT Martinez thing is as has definitely. There's been some stories about that, but guys, Lorenzo Cain's pretty great baseball player yeah. and there's nothing yeah jake arietta is a you know cy young winner nothing uh mike moustakis i mean that guy hit 30 what seven home, 38 runs, last home year. runs last year yeah 38 home runs nothing I, it's really strange anyway th- that's not the point of this but but <laughs> my point is i'm getting excited about baseball and and it hit me today or yesterday or, or whenever i came up with this stupid idea we need to create a podcast a set of baseball cards. Oh. This is this is my idea. Ooh. It is the po- it is the podcast baseball cards where we write all of the wrongs that have happened to baseball cards over the last twenty five years, essentially. In terms of design and and uh... no, no, in terms of everything. In terms of first of all, like like my starting my starting point on this, and then I want to hear some thoughts from you. My starting point on this is they have to be worthless. Like they, yeah, and cheap, that's why very we call cheap, them very cheap basically. cardboard, low quality pictures. Car- Nobody's allowed to like collect them to sell them later. Like if you, if you, we catch you doing that, you're. I don't even know what we can do, but don't. They're not for collecting. They're not for. They're you can keep them and have them, and they're fun, but they're not. They're not to like. They will not increase value. That's that's a very important <laughs> part of the podcast baseball right. card. They will never be worth anything ever. Like that's that's like the starting point. Well, the way to do that, by the way, the way to do that to ensure that is they should come pre bent, right? We should they should bend. <laughs> we should bend all the corners and like pre screw them up so that and have like the sugar from a that stick of gum should be stained. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So there's no chance you can't. Put them the the worst crime that's been committed to baseball cards in my lifetime is that is when you they the, when they started going into those like individual like bolted oh, down yeah. hard plastic things <laughs> with like a, a gold band at the top that says PSA rated nine point two or whatever that to me is like you've got to be kidding me. I, like I, right uh, right so we want to preserve we want to prevent that from happening then we just pre bend them all and then they no one will ever think to do anything like that. So that's one thing we can do. That is awesome. Yeah. Pre-creasing the cards. We're going to pre-crease them and pre-bend them. Yeah, we we'll just bend the bend two of the corners, <laughs> and then it's not mint anymore, you jerks. <laughs> so that's the first thing. So that's the first thing that we do. Uh, second thing we do, certainly, I mean, this goes without saying, we bring back the little comics, right? We bring back the little cartoons on the back of the card, right? I mean, those- Of course. I can't believe they ever stopped doing those. And not, not the ones that are- because you know, through the years, the the little comic, little one panel comic thing on the back of those cards, they went away from, they used to be very specific to the player. And then they were also incredibly racist and horrifying. I mean, they were horrible. Yeah. You know, you would have like, every time they'd have Rocky Calavito, they have him like an Indian headdress, like with smoke signals behind him. And, you know, oh, Rocky hit four Homar. You know, I mean, it was just very horrifying. Right? Yeah. Yes. We wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, we don't want that. But we also don't want later they started making those comics 
not relevant to the player. Like they made them like trivia questions. Like who was the last guy to hit three home runs against the Tigers or something? And, you right. know, there'd be a picture of a tiger. You know, they, no, they have to be specific to the player and they have to be fun and they have to not be racist. Like those are the three, three things. Do you have any other things? Can we, can we also have uh, the other thing I want? Uh, and I don't know if you're going to get to this, but uh, I want the um, single sentence, middlingly interesting <laughs> yes. historical fact about the player at the bottom of the card where it would, and it, it's, it was usually something it would say like, you know, it would be, um, it would be a, a Marty Barrett card and it would say, right. Marty had three hits and the game-winning RBI in a five-to-two win over the Blue Jays on April nineteenth. Like, and it was just like that was it. Like it, it like a a completely mildly interesting one-game memory of the previous season. Or you know, it would say like, uh, or it would say you know, um, Bert Blylevin struck out eleven over six and a third innings in a five-three win over the brewers on october third you know or on september 13th and it and you just were like oh well that how does that help me right now like it it was it was like a it wasn't like putting the season into context it was sometimes sometimes it would say i remember one that was like it said about mike green it was like a 1987 or 88 mike greenwell and it said like mike greenwell led the league in game winning rbis last year with you know 18 or whatever and then so I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll yeah, take that like, one, right? Like now now you're saying like, okay, well, here's here's a snapshot of this particular player's season or whatever. But when it was just like a one-game <laughs> factoid, it was, I mean, it's, talk about worthless. It was the most worthless thing, even in an era when you couldn't look stuff like that up easily. It was still like, well, that, I don't care. What do I care? Why do I care what he, what I- Marty Barrett did on the, that May 3rd game against the, against the Brewers? So we the point is we need to do that. We our cards oh, have yeah. to have oh, those absolutely. Things. Yeah. And we have to we have to take it even further because every now and again they'd have one they couldn't either they couldn't find like one game. So they would go back to like, you know, Chris Bazio, you know, in Beloit once struck out 14 men, you know, or something. Right. And you'd be like Beloit like that's 6 years how how is that a thing? And and uh so yeah, I think as as if we ever did one that had a sentence that was meaningful, like the Mike Greenwell one, we'd have to like delete it. Like we need an editor to make sure that nothing that would put the season even remotely into context would be included. We need right? we need an editor to go to find one of the least meaningful things of facts <laughs> about each player and then put them at the bottom right. of each card. Yes. Right. Wait, it's the opposite of what you would think the editor would need to do. We need to find you. We need you to find a, an utterly worthless fact so that we can print it in small letters at the bottom of this player's card. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, and I think it would be, it'd really be actually pretty easy to do. You know I mean? I think that for, for an editor, like I, I was actually just about to look up. So, you know, we're doing something on, obviously we would, you know, one of our big cards would obviously be the Tommy Pham card. Of course. Uh, and Tommy Pham had a great year and we'd be like, oh, well, we got to do something with Tommy Pham. And we would have to say Tommy Pham um, got one hit uh, in four tries on June 13th in a double header against the Brewers. Right. right? Just, well, what, you, you just go, yeah, what, is, what you'd want to say is like Tommy Pham knocked in the tying run 
with a single to right in a game against the Phillies on July 19th. That's what you want. You don't want anything that indicates that he was a 300, 400, 500 guy at all. <laughs> right. Oh, we, no. we have a, by the way, no. we have a special card for that. Obviously, there's a, the first 25 or 30 cards in our set are going to be special cards that commemorate. Because that's the other thing be. I miss. Yes. I miss the I miss the sets where they had like um, it was like they had special cards devoted to. Well, first they have like in action. We need in action cards, right? You agree with that? We have to have in like. Remember, it was like Juan Samuel in action, and it had like in in the eighty two set or something. It had that striped at that double striped on the left that curled oh, like. Loved it. Yeah. Oh, the hockey puck, the hockey, the hockey stick. stick one. That was eighty two. Yeah. So the hockey in action stick, cards, yeah. but I also like the cards where there was like there was. I think it's the eighty five set. Maybe it was like. Carlton Fisk sets all-time record for games caught by a catcher. And, you know, October 1st, you know, whatever, 1984. And, uh, and like, and there was just, like, weird milestones like that. Like, Dwight Evans, you know, taught, like, sets a record for most, um, you know, like, for, oh, he's, Dwight Evans one year hit a home run on the, he was the leadoff hitter one year, and he hit a home run on the first pitch. And they had made a card to commemorate that <laughs> totally stupid thing. <laughs> Uh, so we need there need to be like a the first twenty or so cards have to be cards that ha- commemorate things that happened over the season and some of them can be big some of them can be like when Ricky Henderson stole his uh, broke the stolen base record right. and, I'm, and I'm Nolan a- Ryan struck out his whatever five thousandth guy in the same day whatever that was that's fine but I also want cards that commemorate kind of boring things that happened <laughs> like just setting records for like games played or. Or you know, um, or relief appearances in a year, you know, <laughs> like like if like if. Well, I'm I'm looking at a I'm looking at a great one. I'm looking at the 1985 uh, Tops Juan Samuel card. Since you mentioned Tops uh, Juan Samuel, uh, it is the number eight card because I'm looking at it here, and it is first of all, it's not it's not an inaction card. It's a record yes, breaker. Breaker, yes, that's what you want. Breaker, those are awesome. Juan Samuel Phillies most stolen bases rookie season, which right. is fairly See, big, that's, which is fairly no, but it's also that's stupid. Ideal. It's also stupid. That's why. <laughs> that's why it's great. It's like okay, it's it's a legit record. It's interesting, but like you're talking about, like you're going to make 15 special cards for things that happened last year. <laughs> that's the best you got is the day Juan Samuel set the rookie NL stolen base mark. <laughs> Awesome. It's awesome. And there's a great picture of him kind of looking at the camera like, what? What did I do? I mean, he's like, he's got <laughs> a confused look. Why are you taking my picture? Didn't we already do this? You already took my picture. What do you, what do you mean a second card of me? For what? Really? <laughs> All right. So, oh, record breaker cards for sure. Yeah. In action cards for or what about the old-fashioned traded oh, cards? God, Did you like the set. traded yeah. Now, here's the problem with the traded set, though. The traded cards um, would come out later in the year, and they became, in the it, during the baseball card bubble, the traded cards became the weird, coveted thing where you had yeah, to have that did. card. And so I'm yeah. a little worried. I love them, but I'm a little worried that they might ha- have too much inherent value because they're like rarer. Oh. You know what I mean? We, we want to stop anything. Well, I, say we, I say we do it only at the beginning of the year. I say we only do it at the beginning of the year. People who are traded during the off season. And the only way to do it is to have a picture of them in their old team's uniform, but with the hat colored out and then the new logo. Of course. Very sketchily. Very like, that's stamped the on there, yeah. <laughs> um, can we also have, by the way... Um, can we have future stars where there's three guys on a car? Oh, 
Definitely. Definitely. You, I, to me, those are the best. Now, the problem with those, of course, is they're rookie right. cards. So people will think, but I say we do them, the people that are not going to be future stars. Oh, well, if you go back, what, what's so fun to go back and look at your old sets is how how frequently they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you look at back it, to like a lot of times they were taking 28 year old like triple a guys like who who was the scout that thought this guy who who was 28 yeah. you know who hit 12 there was, runs in triple a there was zero star. thought there was zero <laughs> thought put into the future stars but but yeah but um i would vote that for all for i would say for almost every card but certainly every future stars card the the everyone has to have either a mustache or glasses or both. <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs to look like what about a beard. It, no, a beard. I would be. I would allow a beard, but um, everyone. I would say you either have to have a mustache, a mustache slash mustache beard, or glasses or both. Because uh, to me, that is the essence of those old sets. Is every <laughs> at how many mustaches there were. <laughs> You know, Juan Samuel in this card has a mustache. Of course, very, he very does. strong. Of course, mustache. Juan Samuel has a mustache. You thought Juan Samuel was not going to have a mustache? What are you out of your no, mind? No, I knew he was going to have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I agree with the future mustache stars. I don't know if we'll be able to find uh, enough future mustache stars, but you know, once this set takes off, people are going to grow That's mustaches. Right. Just they to want it. They want it. The well, the way star. we do it is we we basically say. <laughs> You know, instead of 792 cards or whatever it is now, we say, look, this number of cards in this set will be the number that we decide it is, and it'll change every year. So <laughs> if you right. want in, you oh, have to absolutely. have a mustache, and and people without mustaches are not allowed. So there will be no, uh, there will be no like uh, Aaron Judge. He will, there will be no Aaron Judge card because Aaron Judge does not have a mustache. <laughs> so if Aaron Judge in the going into the next in the 2019 set, you want to get in on this, grow a mustache. It's up to you, man. Balls in your only way you're getting only way you're getting in. So we're really going to have a very small set, which I think is good. I think that we don't we don't want this thing to be that big. This is a very rare group. Uh, And look, if one team buys in and everybody on that team grows a mustache, they're all in. I mean, there's just nothing we can do about that. Yeah, that like that. I like it. We are not dictating the terms uh, under which the players can be included. I mean, we are, but the, it's up to them. In other words, they can opt in, right? We're saying, here's the deal. This is a set of we, baseball cards with future stars, cards, in-action cards, record breaker cards, and then regular people cards. Oh, we got to have all of the managers, though, too. We got to manager cards, uh, obviously. Uh, no, what about the old-fashioned where you take the whole picture of the team and then you put the manager like in oh, a team little checklist. tiny oh, well, circle? Oh, 100%. We got to have team bottom. checklist cards, yeah. Well, that's always the back of the manager card is the team yes, checklist, that's right? right? And then, so, in, uh, but what we're saying is, um, anyone can get in on this as long as you have a mustache or glasses or both. The glasses, <laughs> preferably, should have s- sort of squarish lenses. You know what I mean? Like they shouldn't. But I, but we'll, we'll accept all glasses. We'll accept all glasses. But I mean, ideally, they should have that sort of like the the like the nineteen eighty three White Sox team had like five of these guys. <laughs> where they <laughs> they had sort of like if square you, lenses. Yeah, I'd say if you have square glasses. Your 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 number will probably end in a zero, right? You'll probably get one of our star turns if you, I would if you say have the so, square yeah. glass. You'll be number ten or twenty. Um, can we also, for no reason at all, have cards of both Garth and Dane Iorg? <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> just pretend that they're still in the league. Basically, every year we will include an obscure brother set 
Like just in like and that, yeah. that's what we're just <laughs> right. gonna call it, the obscure brother set. And certainly the obscure brothers. Obscure, yeah. obscure brothers, and certainly the first year it'll be uh Garth and Dane, right? That 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 has to be gotta be. Who who's more obscure? Then, well, the problem with some of the brother sets is that is one of them's famous, right? There's Cal and Billy Ripkin. That can't have it. No, we could do uh, Billy Hank and we Tommy could, Aaron. Well, what if we did Billy Ripkin and Tommy Aaron and just did lesser brothers? <laughs> <laughs> that feels to me That's like that amazing. would work. Yeah, well here's what we do. <laughs> we we <laughs> we have a, the the card the the card number 1 of the set is it's it's Billy Ripkin and Tommy Aaron and it says it says like brothers, you know, brothers in arms or whatever. And on the back it says collect this card and the corresponding Cal Ripken and Hank Aaron card uh, to win a special prize. And then we don't release a Cal Ripken and Hank Aaron card. We only, we only have the Billy Ripken and Tommy Aaron cards. People are just card. buying and pack after just pack nuts. just trying to yeah. get. Do you have one? Have you gotten one yet? That's right. Oh, I love this. Now, what about, yeah. what about those? And they stopped doing them to some degree, but like just those weird cards where they would just put like, for no reason, they'd put Rocky Calavito and Tito Francona together and just call them tribe sluggers or something. And they would just like, yeah, see, I don't like that. I don't like those ones. I didn't like, I never liked the ones where it was like, they do them a lot now. Cause my jerk son, as you know, collects <laughs> baseball know cards. And so they do it. There's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of cards that have that kind of thing where it's like, you know, like there will be a card. Certainly the next year, there will be a card with like, that says the baby bombers and it'll be Gary Sanchez, Aaron right. judge and Giancarlo. Right. Stanton. But then there's other things. It'll be like, you know, um, there will be, it'll be like, uh, just two ra- seemingly random guys. It'll be like Carlos Correa <laughs> and, you know, and Manny Machado on a card together. And it'll say like, you know, like, you know, infield, young infield power or something. And it just feels like lame. It just uh, feels like an attempt to get more of their stars, more star, more cards with just like star players on them. And I think that's kind of lame. It's like you want the car, the Carlos Correa card stops meaning something when there's like 15 cards that Carlos Correa appears on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like them just, I don't like there oh, being no reason for the, for the, for just to put more famous people on more cards. I think that's lame. We're not going to do that. Well, I think that's right. Well, I agree with that, but but I'm going to take it to another level. I think every one of our inaction cards needs to be of a player that's not that great, right? Right. <laughs> Just I think we don't want two Carlos Correa cards, no, in this thing at all. So I, we're not going to put like an inaction card of 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 Carlos Correa, but we might put an inaction card of say I don't know. I mean, think of. Think well, of some, you know, right? There's so there's a couple ways to reliever. do it, right? One is you pick random people and just say in action, right? It's like it's who it's anyone you <laughs> anyone you can think of. You just say and it's just you know, it's um, it's uh, what's his name? Uh, J J P Aaron Cibia <laughs> in action, right? <laughs> so you can do that. You can just do a bunch of backup catchers in action or whatever. Or by the way, there's a, there's right, a third sure. way. One is you do random players. Two is you do only backup catchers. <laughs> All backup catchers in the league get their own in action card. But then the third way would be to say, "Hey, let's pick out the guys who aren't superstars but deserve some deserve like oh, for like example, this. Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton's never going to make an All Star team. Yes. He's not really that good an all around player, but who deserves an inaction card more than Billy Hamilton? He's the, his whole thing is action. So 
we could do it that way yes. where it's actually a deserving a deserving play a deserving set of players who aren't going to get that special player treatment that we then give that special player treatment to because we want to celebrate their skills how's that well then shouldn't we just do the podcast we shouldn't just we do just do the podcast fun players the funnest players, funnest players. Uh, and make them in action yeah funnest players there funnest players so we'll do in action cards of backup catchers <laughs> i really like that idea <laughs> <laughs> the best the best part of inaction cards by the way is that almost always they're not right. in action in the picture no there's just a picture of them like sw- like they're not even swinging the bat they're holding the bat in the on deck circle or something that's that's not in action well but the other thing is that, like if the if the main if the like standard baseball card picture was that everyone was in a in like a, a posing yes. or posing for like in a photo booth or something, and then you got in action right. and it was a guy actually at bat or swinging the bat. That's one thing. But many baseball cards, even in that era, were guys sliding into second or in the field ready to <laughs> take a right. grounder or something. So there's no difference in the picture of that of the player in action or the player in their regular card because they're they it was a very common occurrence that the main cards picture would be that person in action so it didn't make any sense which is why i think my plan to do exclusively backup catchers <laughs> backup catchers in action that to me in action and they're all sitting on the bench we're just we're just pictures of them all sitting or on they're the like pulling the mask down over their face after like throwing it like <laughs> threw the mask off to go get a foul ball the ball landed in the crowd then they're walking back and they're reaching down to pick their mask up off the ground that's that's what I want for my inaction cards. What about them going to warm up the pitcher where they're not even wearing like the full gear Great. and they just have the mask on? Okay, here's my next pitch. Here's my next pitch. So we do a series of 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 cards in action, right? Of backup catchers doing various right. things. Then we do another <laughs> series of cards called inaction one word, meaning they're not doing there's they're at a moment of inaction, complete inaction. And those are like those are um, middle relievers sitting. Those are the best players. No, <laughs> you can't do it that way. Yeah, so you have John Carlos in, in action, and just him sitting on the bench or whatever. That's great. We could do that. Just totally sitting there. Yeah, I, or just like or standing motionless with it, or lying in a bed. Like you actually you wheel you wheel in a lazy boy into the studio, and you just lie them down, and their eyes are closed, and they're and they're sitting there motionless, like in a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Hey, look what I look what I got. I got the uh, Carlos Correa in action. <laughs> I got card. the Mike it's Trout in, in action this, card. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, I th- should they all be specialty cards? Do we even need any like real cards? I think we need one real card, and I think it should be Tommy Pham. <laughs> <laughs> Only the pause cast. Only uh, the actual player official player. The- so for the two 2000- thousand. <laughs> 16 set it's matt caesar right for the 2017 set it's tommy fam and now this brings us around to a whole new thing which we need to put out there we have time but we are in the market for 2018 for an official player to adopt uh for the the podcast we We are are totally uh, tommy fam ascends to the heavens uh after making it to the 300 400 500 he's now he's his numbers in the rafters his number has been retired in the podcast hall, <laughs> totally retired. But we're in the market, yes. and we want to solicit uh, a, re- a listener opinions on this. We are in the market for a new player to adopt for the whole season. But here's the thing: I I don't know. We haven't talked about this, but I believe what is going to push us over the top is a compelling reason 
to adopt this player, right? Yes. It's not just like, yes. oh, this guy's fun to watch or this guy is a uh, whatever. Tommy Pham, the reason we adapted Matt Caesar is because of his last name, which is the best last name in sports. <laughs> which that's as compelling as yeah, yeah, that, right there. By the way, you that, know, you're right. That's what we mean by quote compelling, end quote. Uh, Tommy Pham, we adopted because out of nowhere, he have, was on the uh, hunt for a 300, 400, 500 season, which he then achieved, which congratulations. Those two guys are in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. They're in the, the they've ascended to the, <laughs> into, the, into the firmament. To the Hall of Fame? To the Hall of Fame. That's right. And now what we need for 2018, and we won't have to make this decision until April, but we need suggestions right. for players that we can officially adopt as uh, the official player of the podcast and then track their progress uh, over the course of the whole year and root for them for something. And I don't, and it's like the more obscure, the better, but, uh, but like we just had the, the thing that will decide who we choose, whom we choose is the reason behind the choice. It's the compelling, the compelling right. story, the compelling narrative of, of this player, uh, whether that player is a, is a career minor leaguer or one of the biggest stars in the game. We don't care. We just want the compelling reason. Yeah. We, and, and that's, that's exactly right. We don't, we have no absolutely, as you can tell by the two people we chose off the totally off the cuff. Um, we have no preconceived notions about what this has to be, right? This could be anything. Could be this anything. Could be could be absolutely anything. So yeah, so send in your uh, compelling uh, uh, podcast player, and uh, we're going to do that for 2018. So exciting! I I I really feel like this this baseball card thing is going to happen. I feel like. I feel like we're we're going to make this happen. Well, there's a couple problems with it, as I'm sure you're aware. Number one is we don't have the rights to use no, anyone's picture. <laughs> not not even one. We don't even have one right. Not even one. No, not even one right. Number two, right? Um, we have no knowledge of or ability <laughs> to actually make uh, baseball cards. Nope. Knowledge of how to do it or actually not a clue. Number three, we, number three, there's uh, the, we have no no one's paying for this except us. So we, all any money that we sink into this. <laughs> to be our own money, which seems like a bad idea. It seems like a poor idea. Um, yep. And number four, the fourth thing that's working against us is the second this podcast is over, both of us are going to forget about this. Well, idea. that's right. In fact, in fact, if somebody sends in, it's like, hey, I'm a baseball card uh, person and I think I can help you make this come to life. Both of us are going to say, what are you talking about? I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I, I remember that. We talked about that on the podcast. And let me let me throw one thing out, and then we should get to our draft because we're already forty minutes into this thing, which is insane. Insane. This was supposed to be the short. One, it was. Joe. It was supposed to be um, the short one. <laughs> um, uh, let me throw one more thing at you. Yes. If we ever uh, are uh, come across somehow the knowledge of how to make baseball cards and the ability to make baseball cards, and we actually want to follow through on this, another thing we could do is make a set of podcast baseball cards where the people on the cards are us <laughs> and our friends and associates. So in other words, right now, if we made the set, it would be you and me, right. our producer TJ right. would have a card. Um, obviously, Alan Sepinwall, Linda Holmes, Mike Desenzo, Brandon McCarthy would all have cards. Sure. And then we could sort of branch out. We could make it. We could try to make a Tommy Pham card. If he didn't give us the rights to use his image, we could just write his name or something <laughs> or like have a generic, uh, have a generic figure that we pretend or from the back that we pretend is Tommy fam or something. We could make a set of cards that have just people from the, for, from the show. You know what I mean? From oh, the podcast. I would, I, I think that would be tremendous. Nobody would want that, but, 
but I would love to to do that. I would love to do a I, look. I just think we should make baseball cards. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's why that's why I brought it up because I feel like the thing that the most excites you about this is just making baseball. Yeah, I want to make right? baseball cards. I feel like uh, you know that in some ways, and I don't blame anybody. This is look. This is just what happened. It was it was during a stretch of time where uh, nostalgia kind of took over and and the prices started going up, and then the kids who were collecting baseball cards. That was the environment. They grew up in. They couldn't buy fifteen cent packs anymore. They they needed to be smart and shrewd about how they they collected because because there's value. And and I so assume that your son is is in addition to loving baseball cards uh, the way that we did, probably sees it as a as a slightly different thing, right? Because he knows which cards are the collectible cards, which ones are the biggies, and all that. I assume. Yes. No. Yeah, I mean, he's he's nine, so it's mostly based on star players, okay. and he's also really into, he's really into basketball cards. So they and they, oh. but like they have like um, basketball and baseball and football for that matter. They have like these jersey cards, you know, that are they're like eight times as thick as a normal baseball oh, yeah, card, or yeah, something. yeah. And then they have a little piece of like ostensibly like a game worn jersey, <laughs> and so he's really into those because those are like they're cool. He's like right. you know. Yeah, they're they're cool and stuff. So, but it but mostly it's just based on like who the he want like he got a Kyrie Irving card the other day and he's become like I have become a huge Celtics fan and so he was really psyched about just having a Kyrie Irving. It's just based on stardom more than anything. That's cool. That's cool. Look, those cards for my 51st birthday. I had my 51st birthday this week and uh uh my family got me a bunch of like toys for my birthday because that's what they think of me. And so they bought me like <laughs> A Rock'em Sock'em robot set, and they bought me uh, some sort of Space Invaders thing that I could plug into the TV and uh, a few other things. But they also bought me a box of Star Wars cards, uh, which is cool. And it's unfortunately, it's not the old Star Wars cards, which were awesome. They, they're, they're fantastic because they're even worse than than baseball cards like they they're just out really, of really oh they're terrible yeah. out of focus pictures of like Chewbacca and with like a horrible little Chewbacca takes care of business or something below it you know it's ridiculous um so it wasn't quite like that but in it the reason I bring that up there was like one specialty card in the box and it was like 20 times thicker than a regular card and it was like a piece of the death star i i, I didn't really right. get it but i assume that's the deal right the, like the deal is like these these incredibly uh cool and 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 involved specialty cards none of those in the podcast set like they, they, there's no if we do want it would be just some incredibly stupid thing that we would just throw in like we would put in a like a like a picture of peanut butter and jelly sandwich and make it like special, special. Ooh, that see, but now you're talking because uh, now you're, now you're broadening in a good way, the definition of what could be on these cards. It, it could be just things. It doesn't have to be people necessarily. That's true. You could, we would put a, we would put famous, <laughs> famous, we would put <laughs> famous things from the podcast, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or like, um, the Siberian, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, or whatever <laughs> things, you know, things that were that were notable about one of the many pointless discussions we had over the course of the year. Those would get their own cards. Yes. Right? No. Absolutely. absolutely. I like this. Yeah. We're, we're going to make this happen. One last thing about the podcast before we go on to our our draft. Uh, did you see the tweet from the uh, young woman who who sent us both a tweet saying, and I, I should find her name somewhere. Um, saying that she had 
to do, she had, I guess she had to have an MRI for some reason. Uh, She didn't go into detail about why. And she said that when she went to the MRI, her mother uh, told her in order to relax herself, because it is a little bit, uh, a little bit involved getting an MRI um, in order to relax herself. Her name is Catherine. I'm going to just say, because I just looked it up. Um, She should sing the Browns uh, update song in her head. (laughs) Yes. And she said it was incredibly helpful and made her and helped her. And I, and I was so excited about this because to me, that is the first good thing the podcast has ever done. Uh, And, and simultaneously the first good thing the Cleveland Browns have ever done. (laughs) (laughs) How could both of those things come together in one place? It's so great. That's the magic of the Brown song, I think. (laughs) It is a good song. It's a really good song. David Von Campen wrote that song and did it. He has emailed us, uh, to ask if there's going to be if you if we didn't want any new songs, he's emailed us if we if we, want, if we have any new uh, you know things to do. So once we choose our podcast player, uh, we might have to send him a. We might a have little, to get a song uh, for that. Yeah, absolutely. a little song for that. We had because the Tommy Pham song was fantastic. It was just great, wonderful. wonderful. All right, let's go on to our draft. Um, but before we do that, do you have anything anything on your mind? Anything at all? It's funny that you um, asked that question because there is one thing that I've been thinking about. Um, and before we get to the draft, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about it. It's called The Cut Forecast. Now, Joe, The Cut Forecast is a podcast from the staff of MLB Comms. <laughs> here <he> screwed up. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I've, I've, here's, here's an, it, let's make a New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution for 2018, we're going to find a new bit to do. The new, instead of the <laughs> bit where I pretend like I'm doing this uh, off the top of my head. We're gonna, we got to find a whole new approach to it. All right. I don't know what I, it, I'm I, not going to do it right now, but we but we're going to find a new bit to do about these reads that we have to do for the. I agree. Uh, I think okay. we should. Think so we this should. is the last one of these that we'll do in this way, and then starting next time we do this, we'll have a new joke, a new equally worthless joke <laughs> to do about these reads. So I couldn't agree more. Cover that topic. I want to take a moment to tell you about the Cut Forecast. The Cut Forecast is the podcast from the staff of MLB.com's Cut Four section which focuses on the lighter side of baseball. If you've made it this far into our podcast, and by the way, now we're, now I, we, now's the moment we realize we're only talking to like a third of the people <laughs> that started. <laughs> if you've made it this far into our podcast, we really think you'll enjoy it. It'll make you laugh, and you might even learn something about baseball dogs or ballpark food. Last week's episode uh, debated which MLB player is having the most fun this offseason and put forth some truly outlandish baseball predictions for 2018. If that sounds like something you're into, search Cut Forecast, that's C-U-T, the number four, C-A-S-T, in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts, and click subscribe. And now, on with the show. On with the show. Wow, that was... (laughs) That was that was rough. You, you you had a little, but you once you once you centered yourself, it worked out pretty well. By the way, what what do you think those truly outlandish baseball uh, predictions for 2018 were? I don't know. We we should listen to the cut forecast and then we should listen and find out the what those. I want to know because look, it's they didn't say they're outlandish. They said they're truly outlandish. Yeah, they're going out on a limb there, aren't they? Uh, let's face it. I don't even think we even hit that that truly outlandish. <laughs> level all right our draft this week is as stupid as as all of the other ones uh and also one that we spent no time discussing what we're even talking about correct Uh, we are we are drafting office supplies right that's that's the whole draft that's it it, 
Office supplies. All right. You have the first pick in our office supply draft. You do. Do I really? You got like the fifth oh pick in the in the uh, music draft and the Christmas holiday. That's true. Music. I went I went very late, uh, but it didn't matter because everyone chose insanely. <laughs> except for Linda. Linda there chose is, well. There is Everybody somebody uh, out there. Um I don't even know if I should mention it because he's he's obviously uh, a guy who uh who needs help, um, who does a a recap. Uh, for every single podcast, podcast on Reddit, right? Uh, which yes. is, by the way, he doesn't. It's wonderful. It really is. And we have our own subreddit now. This podcast, we have our own subreddit. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyway, he gave that draft to Alan Seppenwall. Wow, really? Yeah. So uh, he's a wonderful guy. His his recaps are much funnier than this show. Um, <laughs> but. But no, you giving that to Alan Seppenwall just sort of. I, I think you should stop judging these these drafts because that that's shocking. Dis- that's dis- truly shocking. I I would have had Seppenwall in third or fourth, I think, in that draft. That's what I thought. Well, we know who's fifth. I mean, we know. <laughs> <laughs> bless, All right, bless so his baseball soul. All right, with the number one uh, pick in the office supply uh, draft. I'm going to go with scissors. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a reach I think it's a little bit one. of a reach that high, yeah. But here's the thing about scissors. This is what I've realized and I you have kids, I have kids. Uh you you really realize this when you have kids. If you don't have scissors at the moment you need scissors, it is the most annoying thing <laughs> in the world. And and thus correspondingly, if you do have scissors, at the moment you need scissors, you are so happy so because happy. there is no short of like, there's no easy way to compensate for a lack of scissors. You can, you can fold multiple times and then gently rip down a, down a pretty decent crease. You can do that. You can, you can just tear or rip whatever, but like there it's, there is no easy switch out in the way that if you don't have, let's say a pad of paper, you can grab the back of an envelope. You can write on your hand. Right. You can jot down right. whatever. There's other options available to you. If you don't have a pen, you might have a pencil or a marker or a Sharpie, whatever. There, If you don't have scissors, it just is the worst. And, they, and also, by the way, scissors, great product. Wonderful invention. They do exactly what you want them to do, exactly the way you want them to do it. And there are so many areas of your life where you need a pair of scissors and they and they make your life so much better when you have them. I just, I'm impressed with them as an object. And I also <laughs> am wary of, I'm so, I'm, I, there've been so many times when I've been burned by not having them, which is why I'm making them my number one pick. I think it's a good pick. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you on that. I, I think that the idea of not having scissors when you need them, whatever the case may be, you're opening a box or, or you've got to, obviously you've got to cut something, but, but generally speaking, when you need them, you're right. There's never anything on your desk. Yeah. Like like the closest thing you got is like a like keys. Maybe I can like jab into this with keys or something. There's no Or, or you have no, to go to the kitchen to get a knife and a then knife, you're, worried, you're a little worried that when you're opening the box with a knife, you're gonna slice your finger open or something. Like <laughs> it's, 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 it's all of the substitutes for them are 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 crude substitutes. You're right. And they're they're fantastic and and uh yeah, I, I'm going to give it to you. That's a good pick. Good pick. All right. With my first pick, um, I'm going to go the obvious uh, choice uh, after scissors, which is paper. Uh, it's, a, again, the problem with paper in in many ways, obviously, we're trying to move away 
from paper, but it's still necessary, still hugely necessary. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I'm writing a book. Um, huh. Have I mentioned this to you? I don't probably I I, think so, no. I would think we have a podcast. I should mention it. Uh, it's about Harry Houdini, uh, uh, which is yeah, interesting, interesting topic. Um, and what I decided I was going to do is I was going to do it without using paper, that I was essentially going to keep all of my files um, in various computer uh, you know, different programs, different apps, uh, using Evernote, using a couple of other places. I'm like, I can keep it all in there. It's, it's searchable that way. It's easy that way. Totally didn't work. Totally did not work. I, it's not having that just right in front of you as a piece of paper, um, you know, being able to just kind of go through a little filing system to get what I need. I, I found it to be, and I, I did not expect this, incredibly frustrating without having paper. So I, I had to go through and print out every single thing that I'd kept on the computer, which was, you know, thousands of pages basically, uh, because I, I needed it. I needed a physical thing. So I think paper, even in this world is, is underrated. Uh, it's great. You never can have too much of it. And, uh, plus in, in, in a pinch, uh, it will always beat rock in, in, in so, <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to go with with paper. It's a good choice. I mean, it's not exciting, right? It's it's, it's not, not even. It's I would not. say it's not even as exciting a choice as as <laughs> scissors. scissors. Uh, it's not. sort of the. It's like the really solid right tackle that you right. pick. And it's Jake Long. You just chose Jake Long. It's like yes, it's gonna. I'm he's gonna be that. on your team for a long time. He's gonna make the Pro Bowl. He's like gonna be a solid fixture on the team. It's just never gonna. The fan base isn't gonna go crazy for paper. No, no. You know but what I mean, mean, what is scissors though? Scissors is more like a sort of a bruiser back, right? A thousand yard back, maybe for you. Like, but not. Yeah. Not well, actually. I think of scissors as like a ga- as like an uh, Odell Beckham type, like a game changing wide receiver. Oh wow! Kind of like, See, you know, like a, a specific like skill set, but like the best at that skill set. Well, That's what maybe. I think. Yeah. Maybe. All right. All right. I'm going to go um my number two, but but anyway, the point is you made a good pick. It's a solid pick. No one you're 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 sort of moneyballing this a little bit, right? <laughs> you're saying like, look, is this, I'm not going for the flashy thing. I'm going for the thing that works. Exactly. Just for um, the thing that works. All right. I'm going to go with uh scotch tape for number 2. Wow, that's that's a little higher than the experts had it going. Again, a little bit of a reach, but I really love scotch tape. It scotch tape is fun to play with. <laughs> Uh, the the dispenser is a is a great it's a I find it to be aesthetically pleasing the sound of it ripping off and tearing is pleasing it's also it has an incredible number of uses like everything from hanging up like kids art on the refrigerator to posters on the wall when you don't really care about the wall to cl- like close ceiling packages to like sealing envelopes in a way that makes them you know like where do you want double protection on an envelope like there's just a like when, when there's a bunch of tape around in your life, you use the tape all the time. And there's yeah. so many there. And, and, and it just, a, it just really works. Like it's really good at what it does. You know, it's like, um, it's like a workhorse. It just, it's, you can, it's reliable, you know, you know, the tensile strength of it. So when there's a situation where, you know, that using tape won't work, you you're like, nah, that's not for tape. We need something else there. You know what I mean? Like you, you have a good gauge in your mind of how, how strong it is, what it can hold, what it can't hold. It's just like a really stable. It is a sort of Jake. It's a, it's a pick like paper. I think it's a pretty, it's not flashy, but it just, it's just such a good thing. It just gets the job done. 
Uh, so that's it's, my number two. I do. I do like some tape. It's it's a solid pick. I've actually thought about this, that there, clearly there are people at 3M or wherever people are making scotch, I guess, uh, making their tape where they're trying to make tape stickier, right? Like there the, the, have to be people studying how to improve their product. I mean, I, I assume <laughs> yeah, the tape is yeah. whatever, 20% stickier now than it was in 1978 or something like that. But, I love that but probably deal. not. They probably don't want to make it too sticky because then it's like hard to get off. Exactly right. Right. It's like it's there's probably a like a they've probably gotten a, a, a hit a point in their testing where it's like, no, this is too sticky. Now we can't get it off of the refrigerator once we remove yes. the art or whatever. That's a great point. And you're yeah. right. I mean, because you want the best kind of tape is the tape that you can put on. And then it'll stay there. It's not moving. But if you need to take it off, you're not taking off like a little tiny strip of it and then another little strip. I mean, it's right. it's coming off in one thing. So oh, comes off. That's what you need. Yeah. That's really actually yeah, I'm, that pick is getting better in my mind because <laughs> there's there's a lot of brain power that has to go behind the scotch tape, yes, right? I know it's a great product. It is a good product. What about like other kinds of like masking tape or any of that kind I of stuff? I have no I have no time for masking tape. I think it's <laughs> ugly. I don't think it's it's usually not that much better or more effective than I mean it's obviously more durable. The one kind of tape that I'll that I'll give it up for besides regular scotch tape is packing tape because like if you need oh, to ship if you need to ship something like yeah that yeah. I really I really do not actively do not like electrical tape. And I know that electrical tape has a as a number of like industrial uses that it's like you can only use electrical tape for, but I don't like the look of it. I, that it's either silver or black, and it's big, thick, coarse tape, and I just hate it. I think it's, it's uh, uh, I I don't like I don't like it nearly as much as I like uh, a scotch tape. <laughs> By the way, you know how on uh, Pod Saves America they they pick a little like snippet of something that somebody says, and that's what they name the particular podcast, like somebody will, it's always something about Trump, but like somebody will say some, some Trump thing. And then, and then they'll use those words as the name, right? The name of this podcast should be, I have no use for masking. <laughs> that should be, because I think somebody would see that. They're like, how would that have come up? How is that possible that that would have come up in any conversation at all? I love it. I love uh, It sounds great to me. I'm fine with that being the title. <laughs> All right, my second pick, I'm going to go. I got to admit, getting a little bit pressured from the family on this one, um, but I do like it. It's a good it's a good product. I'm going to go with the stapler uh, as as a product. I think it's I think it's a solid you need to have it uh, office supply. It certainly is good at what it does, uh, depending on how much paper you're willing to stuff into it. And there's some staplers that are obviously better than others, Uh, but I've got a particularly good stapler that I got probably 10 years ago that is it's got it's got like some heft to it you put the you know really up to any number of pages it totally bolts those pages together uh now i've got one happy you know sort of collection of paper rather than sort of scattered all over the place i think it does its job well it's it's kind of ingenious that they that they came up with this way of doing it with the with the little tiny piece of metal piercing through the the paper and then folding exactly right on the other end. Totally, totally smart. Uh, you know, that guy's a bajillionaire, whoever invented it, and deservedly so. It's just a, a fantastic piece of machinery. Uh, so I'm going with the stapler. 
It's a good pick. Again, it's not um, it's not the flashiest. Uh, no, it's not. You know, it's not. It, but it's a good pick. I, I, the staplers are cool. It's a very satisfying office supply to use. It just is very. It's yes. the the slamming your your the the flat part of your fist down on a stapler and pulling the paper back that once was separated <laughs> and now is joined. In, it's so cool. In, in holy supply and matrimony. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it's very, very satisfying. The sound of it is satisfying. The like the act of it is satisfying. It has a finality to it. Uh, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I have no problem with your pick. Um, I'm going to go number three, I think, as a steal, frankly, uh, even wow. though it's a, it's a very specific item that has very limited use here in the year 2018. I still think it's a total steal. And uh, that's the uh, manual pencil sharpener. <laughs> I love pencil sharpeners. I love them so much. They, it's like for, you know, no one uses pencils anymore for anything, really. No one has pencils in their house. No one needs pencils. I still do crossword puzzles. Uh, and when I am preparing to do a crossword puzzle and I sharpen my pencil... <laughs> In a manual pencil sharpener, it feels like I'm putting on war paint. I'm putting on nerd war paint. That's <laughs> and the it, talk about something that like recently the pencil sharpener that I use has ceased to be uh, effective. It it started to like wear down. It didn't the the pencil did pencils didn't fit right in it, so it wasn't giving me a good sharpen. I went to the uh, drugstore and i bought a new pencil sharpener and man is this thing good oh man it it just is like i put these pencils in there and i twist them a couple times and what comes out is the most aesthetically pleasing perfect long cone shaped shaved down part of the pencil and razor sharp point that you could possibly ever hope for and it just delights me to no end i just love it i love the feeling of sharpening a pencil it feels so I like the memories that I have from school of doing it and the and now the in the I do it one maybe once a month I will sharpen a pencil and I still find it to be so enjoyable and pleasing. So I'm I'm it's I know it's a crazy reach. Pencil sharpener I'm sure wasn't even on your board, but I don't it, care. I'm taking it before anybody <laughs> before I have run the risk of losing it. It was not on my board, although I do like a pencil sharpener, but I need some clarity uh, on what you're saying. Obviously, manual, you're you're not talking about the electric ones, which I get. No, 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 no. no I no. get that, but... Garbage. <laughs> gar- garbage, right. But but here's my question. When you say manual pencil sharpener, are you talking about the kind that is mounted that you put your pencil in and twist the thing? No, or, okay, so no, I'm not talking, talking about Or are you talking about the pool cue one where you're twisting the little tiny... About, yes. I'm okay. talking about the pool cue. I'm talking about a small, a small handheld device that you insert your pencil in and you twist it like a pool cue, like yes. chalking up a pool cue. Chalking yes, up a pool yeah. Cue. I don't. Those super old timey ones, like those 1950s or 60s ones, where you, uh, where you crank them around right. the, the silver those, handle. I don't. I don't. I don't love those. I, I could do oh, I those. Like I could take them. or leave. Yeah, I kind of like those. It's I fine, like I, but I, I'm talking about a thing where like it's I, the pool cue is the exact right analogy. Right. You paid like $1.99 for it is what you're telling me. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so my question then is, and this is, this is you know, uh, maybe we're dealing with a skill set that you have. I never get my pencil sharp enough using it that way. I like a very sharp point. And I do too. I twist the little thing and I, I get like, I don't get that sharp a point. I think you may need a new pencil sharpener, my friend. 
come to the come to the Rite Aid I go to in Los Angeles and get yourself get yourself one of the ones I just got, and uh, you'll have a different experience. My kids have a uh, have they they have an electric uh, pencil sharpener, and and I say it's my kids because I would never have allowed it. I I don't like them, and the reason I don't like them is not not again not being anti technology. They eat up the pencil, right? They you put the pencil in. And in order to get it sharp enough, I mean, it just tears the pencil down. I mean, that oh, pencil completely. is right. It's like a third its size when when you take out a brand new pencil. Much less if you have to sharpen a pencil where the point broke. So yeah, I, yeah, they're I, they're they're straight up bad. They will they they are probably reducing the amount of pencil that you use over the life of the pencil by like 40%, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just, it's no good. All right. My, <laughs> my third pick uh, is, is uh, I'm, again, I feel like I'm just going solid. I'm just trying to build, trying to build my office here. And sure. uh, I'm going to take pens. I'm going to take just pens as, as my office. I like pens a lot. I, my dad is, is something of a pen collector. So he collects like, some of the higher end, I don't know how high end they are, but I mean, he, he, he buys like, you know, pens that are, that are, you know, fancier and, 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 you know, the kind that you get your own initial put on them or whatever, uh, which is cool. That's uh, that way. I always have a gift to get him uh, for his birthday. Cause he loves, he loves those kinds of pens, which is great. And I like those fine. They're, they're fine. But I, to me, I have been on a search pretty much my whole life for the perfect pen. And and I've not found it yet. I found a few pens that are pretty close, but a pen that glides at exactly the right uh width, exactly the it's not too thick, certainly can't have it where it smears. I mean that's that goes without saying. Sure. Um but a perfect writing utensil pen uh is been has been a surge and I go into office stores not infrequently, uh, sadly to say, uh, and I and I just walk them down the pen aisle trying to find uh, exactly the right pen, uh, which I've not found. I found some very very good pens though, and I will buy uh, those pens somewhat in bulk. Uh, I love a good pen. I just love a good writing. When pen, you find so. the thing about pens is when you find the one that's yours, that's like this is my pen. It's the greatest yeah. feeling. It's it is the like, greatest. Oh man, like the feel of it and the. You're right. It's like everything about it. That's the the feel of the of the nub on the paper. The 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 like the. I feel like honestly, when I find a pen that I love, my handwriting gets better. You know? I'm totally like, right. Yeah, yeah. That's totally. I love a pen. I love a good pen. Have you found what you would consider to be like? Have you found your pen of choice? Where if you buy pens, you will always buy this kind of pen. Uh, you know, I I do so little handwriting now yeah. uh, that yeah. I that I just don't, I don't have the need for it in the way that I used to. I feel like in college, I don't even remember what it was, but in college I had one that was, I, I discovered it. It was like a, it was a, it was not a roller ball. It was a, a felt point. And I remember like every time I would see them, I would go like, oh, that's the one. And I would buy like 10 of them. Because <laughs> um, it just, I felt, it just felt like, it just felt right when I used it. But I, now I, I do so little writing that isn't on a computer. It's kind of a bummer yeah. in a way I think about it. Um, anyway, good choice. You're, you're basically, you're doing, you're like the Cleveland Browns GM 
just saying like, look, guys, we need everything here, right? We need we're everything, just, exactly. We, we, we got to start from the, we got to, this is a nuts and bolts draft for us. We need, we need offensive linemen and we need defensive linemen and we need like middle linebackers and safeties. Right. We're not going for like the, the, you know, the, the flashy LSU wide no. receiver or the Florida state cornerback or something. We're going for just like, God, we're just, we're just going for like, like Big Ten offensive linemen. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I think the pen is a middle linebacker that makes tackles. That's right. That's, that's, that's exactly, exactly what it is. The pen is Luke Keekley. You just drafted Luke Keekley. <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Um, I'm going to go number four. I'm going to go with the envelope. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, I'm i not 100% behind. I can't get 100% behind this, frankly. <laughs> but <laughs> but here, here's here's my rationale. <clears throat> the envelope has oh, two great things about it. Great thing number one is the 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 feeling of sealing an envelope when you're sending something to someone and you seal the envelope and you like put a stamp on it and you drop it in the oh, mailbox. Yeah. Very satisfying. And then on the back end, on the B side of that transaction, receiving an envelope and opening it is also very exciting. Like it, it you know what? It's like it's a. It's like a little like the I kind of even miss the like old days that you see in like a Game of Thrones when you not only see the you steal the envelope with like a hot wax and like a like hot a wax. I love you know, it. like that thing. I kind of wish we still did that because it it really does like the, I think the act the act of set of sealing it and sending it into the world is great. And the act of receiving it and opening it is also great. And so it's a pretty like there aren't that many things that are great in on both sides of the transaction. Like everyone who uses an envelope is happy. You know, like on both ends. So I've I and I I just I think the 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 sort of like gentle the of uh, the obtuse angle of the uh, of the flap is kind of pleasing. Um, I even kind of weirdly like the taste of the of the like <laughs> sticky thing that you lick with your tongue. I kind of I just like it all. I like envelopes. I'm going envelope number three. Uh, you know what? I, I, I like envelopes too. I, I, I feel like that is a very strong pick. I like that there are different sizes. I yep. like the different, I like, the, I really like like the, like, you know, obviously you have different, you know, envelopes for different purposes. So you have the, the, you know, when you send a letter to someone, there's that envelope, which is cool. Right. When you send like something in a business way, that envelope is cool. And then certainly the bigger envelopes are awesome. Sure. You know, the, we don't want to fold this envelope. And you're right. No matter what you get, even if you know what's inside it, you are pretty excited to open it up because you're thinking, well, maybe there's something else in there. There might be something. <laughs> and if you don't know you what's inside it and it's from like a person that you know, you're like, oh, what's this? What's going on? <laughs> what like, is this? <laughs> you know, I also like, I like the padded envelope. That's a, its own exciting thing. Like when there's oh, a little bit like, like wait, this is, this is like a needs extra protection. <laughs> I actually even like the like FedEx envelope where you have to rip that strip off. I kind of like to, that too. Yeah. Open it. Yeah. I got to say, I think that I think you, you said that the pencil sharpener was a steal. I don't know. But I think envelope might've been a steal. I like the envelope. All right. I got to say, and I, and I got to say it wasn't necessarily next on my list. So I'm, I'm jealous of the envelope pick. I think that was a good pick. Right. Um, all right. With my fourth pick, I am, you know, I got to say, one of the things about compiling this list is I found a lot more office things that I don't like Ooh. than office things that I do like, which is weird. I'm not going to pick any of those, obviously, but I've got a fairly extensive list of office stuff I don't like. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to do uh, with my fourth pick, I am going to go a little bit crazy, uh, and and this might be a little controversial. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the whiteboard as as my fourth pick. I I was not a guy who liked the whiteboard. Uh, I just kind of never really saw the point. I've never had a job where the whiteboard would necessarily come in handy. Uh, you know, as a as a writer in general, I don't really need uh, a whiteboard, and we're not writing down you know goals for the year or whatever, anything, whatever it is that real people with real jobs do. Um, but, but, uh, might've mentioned I'm writing this book. I, I got a whiteboard when I started uh, this book cause I wanted to be able to map out cause this is a little bit of a complicated book cause I'm trying to tell two narratives all at the same time. They're sort of a modern narrative of, of magic and a, and, and a Houdini narrative of his life. So I needed to map this out. I'm not really a visual person like that, but I thought, well, I better get a whiteboard uh, and just kind of map this thing out so I'll know what I'm doing and all this. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, lo- I love everything about it. I love the multicolored thing. I love that I can uh, erase it and it's just gone. It just totally disappears way better <laughs> than the chalkboard. I love that. Um, oh, I love it. I've just, it's right behind me right now when I'm doing it. I can just turn around and look at it and sort of visualize where my book is and what I need to do. And if I see something on or I don't like – Boom, it's just gone. Just gone. Just totally get a little piece of a little eraser thing and it's gone. Um, so maybe because I'm so surprised by how much I like it, uh, I'm going with the whiteboard number It's four. a great choice. Do you use a magnetic whiteboard is my next question. I think they're only magnetic okay. ones. So so yeah. So I do have a couple of magnets on there. So actually. uh writers' rooms, TV writers' rooms have used for for years, have used what amounts to a uh, an index card system for breaking down episodes. Like you write like each beat of the episode on index cards and you used to pin them up to like a, a push push pin board. And then like a yes, cork board, a cork yeah. board. Yeah. And then you could so you could easily the idea was like a beat changes. You look at the story laid out, act one, act two, act three, and you go, you know what, that beat right there where you know she goes into the room and talks to that guy, we gotta get rid of we gotta change that to something. You just take the index card off and write a new one and put it in there. Now, recently, we've moved away from the pushpin system and into a whiteboard system that has magnets, and it's so much better. It's like a million times better because <laughs> pushpins are annoying and because like it's hard to get out. Sometimes the board isn't secured to the wall, so when you try to remove a pushpin from the thing, the whole board topples down on your head and <laughs> tries to kill you. And then there's also um, there's also the ability, though, when, you, when you're putting them up on, with magnets on a whiteboard, you can then also write marginalia and notes and arrows and stuff on the whiteboard connecting different cards, or you can write reminders to yourself outside of the index cards. And it's like, why this should have been the way we were doing this all along. I'm like furious retroactively for all of the years we've wasted <laughs> doing the old stupid pushpin system. Whiteboards are great. And the, and dry erase is great. And the, the erasers are great. And the little spray thing that you use to clean it is great. Everything about it is great. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I think you got a steal in the fourth round there. That was going to be my next pick, by the way, all right. the fifth pick. Okay. Um, all right. So for my fifth and final pick, now that that's off the board, I don't have a strong feeling about this. So I'm going to do a little, this is going to be a little crazy. It might be controversial. You might, you might make fun of me for this and, and you will have the right to make fun of me if you so choose. Okay. I'm going with the highlighter. Um, there's kind Ooh. of highlighters. Are, there's kind of no point to them anymore. If you're not in like academia, right? If you're a student who's reading books and taking notes and you're, and you need to remember certain things in your textbooks, highlighters work really well. For grownups, uh, not so much. I mean, maybe if you're a CPA or you're in the legal profession or something, you need to highlight documents, I guess. For me, generally speaking, there's there's not a lot of use for it, except 
Joe that I now work on the show called The Good Place, which is has as its backbone a lot of like philosophy. And so I've been sort of amateurishly putting myself through this like casual philosophy (laughs) course that I, that's (laughs) completely ad hoc and that I'm just making up as I go along, but I'm reading, I'm in the mode now of reading these books, these complicated books. And I was like, you know what I really need? I need a highlighter because I'm reading. Yes. Because I'm basically back in college and I went and got myself a highlighter from the office uh, supply thing at the show and I started using the highlighter and it's, it's wonderful. It's just like, it really helps when I'm going back. It, you know what, how it helps is like, if I can't remember something, I'll go like, I remember this. I remember I highlighted this. I rem- and, and I'll flip through and you, your eye is drawn as it's supposed to be uh, to the highlighted portions of the, of the book. And then you find the thing <laughs> you're looking for. And it's, it just, it just works really well. It's like, it, it like it, it, it has the effect of, of literally, obviously, highlighting things that are important and helping you remember them. So because of that specific circumstance of working on this show and having for the first time in probably 25 years, a highlighter means something to me. I'm going highlighter number five. I have to tell you, it was going to be my fifth pick. So I, Oh really? Yeah. I'm completely with you on the highlighter. First of all, uh, your point is right. I'd say of all of the things that we have chosen today, maybe with the exception of scissors, maybe, Nothing does its job any better than the highlighter. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, you want to talk about having one job. It's it. One job, and it totally works. I mean, you you highlight a passage, and then you flip the page, and you go back. Your eye goes right to that highlighted thing. That's It works. That is, it, it does, does work. Not, yes, yeah, that's right. Really, really good. And I have also, uh, because I've, there are tons and tons and tons of uh, – books I have to read for Houdini and, and things. Uh, I'm highlighting all the time and I'm highlighting in different colors. Uh, I've become much more organized for this book than I, than I uh, ever was for, uh, for, you know, say like the Buck O'Neill book, uh, which I just did off the top of my head, basically. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the highlighter is really, really cool. Plus it is also very, very pleasing to use, I think. Yes, the angle and the way that the the point is like flat, so you can. I think it's a very pleasing uh, office supply. Really, agree, agree. It's yeah. very pleasing. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm basically out. All I have now are things that I either uh, actively dislike uh, or I'm not in love with. But I'm, I'm of the ones I'm not in love with. I'm going to say the best. The the one that I'm going to take. Uh, and and feel free to to just rip this pick because it's it's not a great pick. I get it, um, but I'm going to take the Manila folder and and obviously uh, it's it's boring and there's not a lot to it. But uh, I have found it to be really kind of essential in in what I've been doing. It's they they work. They totally work. And I will say. There is something very fun. I sometimes I go to a coffee shop uh, to to do some writing or whatever, and I'll bring two or three Manila folders with me uh, from my files, uh, and that feels cool. That's like a secret agent kind of thing that I kind of feel like, I've, especially if I bring like a little my little uh, you know satchel or case or whatever, and I pull those out. That feels like I'm doing something very important, which I'm not. Uh, but I've oh I've got hold on, let me check the files that I brought with me. Um, 
I like them. I, I'm not crazy about like the the hanging folders. I guess I should like those more, nah. uh, but I don't. Uh, I like the Manila folder. I like the Manila folder. That's what I'm going to go. Can't, with. I wish I could go with you on this one, bud, but uh, I, I can't. I, I have no use for the Manila folder. <laughs> I like it has one thing going for it pretty much. And the one thing that's going for it is that it's a staple of like old PI movies or, <laughs> right. or James Bond. That's it though. That's all it has. It had, it, it has, it holds in its, in its very image. It holds the promise or the potential for something intriguing and mysterious. That's all it has. <laughs> Otherwise it's a pretty boring object. And and I also think that there are a lot of other things that can do the same job. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like there's there's other like you can just like you can just put a a large clamp a clip over a bunch of papers. I don't like the clamp. I don't either. Don't but it does like the, the same clamps. job. Like a paper clip it does, not as well. does the same job. Like I, I I think yeah. I'll tell you this: a better pick for you, in my opinion, would have been the kind of like um like uh envelope and you could have probably gotten away with this that has the sort of like s- the two circles and the string where you make the sort of oh i do like those. Those. i thought that i thought you had i think that. i that, think that, i probably do but if you had if you had chosen it i wouldn't have put up a huge fight because those are <laughs> I those do are like cool, those man. those are like that is like a there's something important in that file <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta open that file quickly because there is something weird happening like that's the kind of file that like no a guy way. says, you really want to get to the bottom of this? Look in here, and he throws it on the desk and then runs away. You know what? I mean? And then there's like the close up of that of the guy undoing the string. Like then, yeah. There's no way somebody would have done something. Uh, would have taken the time to wrap the string around that little circle right. unless there was there's something. Some, there's, something re- there's something real weird going on. <laughs> you gotta- I think that's yours, though. I mean, I I would have considered uh, doing that. I I like I said, but I mean that's an envelope. I mean it really is an All envelope. Right. And and, uh, and I got to say, so let me just say very quickly. Uh, lots and lots of things I don't like, and I was trying to avoid it at all costs. Don't like the paperclip at nope, all. No, stinks. Completely stinks. horrid stinks. <laughs> it totally stinks. And all clamps along those lines. I'll tell you what's a terrible, terrible device. The shredder. Oh. The shredder. Oh, my gosh. Listen, they're Just- necessary, right? In the world <laughs> we live in, you got to shred some stuff, and and I get it. And there is something satisfying about watching a document be shredded. But they are loud and they jam all the time and they're like That's they right. threaten like you feel like your your fingers gonna get torn into pieces when you use them and like and deep down no matter what you're what you're shredding you're you're it's like you're in Watergate no matter what you do you are totally yeah, you're, trying you're to hide like something. Enron your Watergate your like countrywide financial you're do you're up to no good even if you're a totally innocent person who's just like I don't want my identity to be stolen it still feels illicit what you're doing it feels bad it does it does yeah not a fan not a fan of the shredder uh what. What what that what's going on with the paperweight? That's not a thing. Why? I mean, that's been around for what's that? As like a decorative device, I have no problem with it. You know what I mean? It's like a no, but but it's but that's a decoration. I'm talking about using it to keep paper well, that's on not, the that's table. That's obviously nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, before, oh, I we think this this, before we started this today, we uh, the, we made a joke with TJ, our producer, where we said, "Okay, all we're going to do, we'll do a quick Browns update." And then, yeah, I, you said, I have one thing I'm going to spring on you, and then we'll do the draft. And the joke you made was, so, you know, 90 minutes. The joke being, 
even like the, like we, we are so long when even we can't do this right. for currently minutes, we right? are at one hour 26 minutes and 35 seconds yeah we are totally gonna do it i mean are we do we have anything for the end of the show do we even have anything uh, i don't think we have anything for the end of the show <laughs> <laughs> I think pretty much. I don't think we do. I think we can cut it off. I, it, you know what? People are are still hammering me to try to get us to uh, bring back one last meaningless thing. Somebody made this point of saying the whole show is one last meaningless thing now, and and that that they really wanted one last meaningless thing separated from the all the other meaningless things on the show. And, <laughs> and I thought, argument. if you're going to make an argument, <laughs> I was going to say, if you're going to make an argument. This is what I'm going to say. Go. I'm going to say so, this. Uh, maybe our friends in our new Reddit sub forum uh, can, can do two <laughs> things for us. Number one, they can open up a thread that will be people's suggestions for uh, the player we adopt uh, for in 2018 and right. the rationale behind why we should adopt them. And number two would be, People can weigh in on if they'd like us to do have a specific uh, final thing that to replace one last meaningless thing, a little final amuse bouche that comes at the end of the long, pointless meal. Uh, if anybody has suggestions for that, maybe they could post them there. Maybe that can be like the collection place for all suggestions related to those two uh, subcategories. I I like it. I like it. Yeah. So if you have any any suggestions at all, you can you can go to uh, to the Reddit. Uh, the subreddit. By the way, didn't you do? You just did a uh, an AMA. With I did an Reddit. AMA. Yeah, for the first time ever, I did a and asked me anything. It was very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Did you enjoy Good it? Times. Was there any uncomfortable moments in it at all? No, there really weren't. Like people, um, people stayed on point. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. They really asked a lot of questions about various shows I've worked on in the Good Place, and sure. it was time to the return of the Good Place. We. We had been on hiatus because of Thursday Night Football for like two months, and we just came back last week. There's an episode that airs tonight, although by the time you hear this, it will be probably last night. Um, there's about there's four more left in the season. Uh, after tonight or, or including um, tonight? Including including tonight. So three so, more so after, tonight by the time you hear this, there'll be three more toward the end of the three season. Three more episodes. I believe that's true. Isn't that true? 10 is airing tonight, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, so there's three more after this week's. All right, and these and are then, th and then we're done. Thursday night on NBC – there's uh, an 8:30 NBC. Yeah. Please uh, catch up on it, and I think I've got what our last thing should be. Our to, at least for this episode, our last thing should be a Hit me. 30 second opportunity for you to just completely bash Keith Law, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> our friend Keith Law has been taunting you about hot fruit as I have I on this show, but he I think he's taken it to a different level. You know, I'm not going to bash Keith. He, it, it feels cruel at this point because. <laughs> It just feels like I'm, I, I prefer to punch up is what I'm saying. I, like I prefer to I prefer to go after people who have rational arguments or who ha are on the right side of history. And since Keith is neither rational nor on the right side of history regarding his stance on hot fruit and hot fruit pies, I, it feels cruel and inhumane to continue to address this. So I'll let him scream into the void with his ridiculous opinions uh, and I'll, I'll just rise. I'll float above it like I always do. <laughs> Uh, and and he can he can say and do whatever he wants. Will, it doesn't it doesn't affect. Me. Will we allow Keith Laws to be guest on the podcast? I don't know, but I uh, maybe because I'd it would be enjoyable to make the baseball card of him <laughs> and give him a giant. <laughs> That's fake the only reason to do it is to make. The baseball card. <laughs> well, as always, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me.